0: Hi, everybody. It's Wednesday, November twenty-sixth. It's the day after Gary's Global Bars class streamed from Noosa, Australia. Oh, what a class. What a class. It was amazing. Um, And I'm so excited for the show that we're going to have today. There's just an energy about this show that I just can hardly stand myself Um, when I think about doing this show. So I'm really, really excited to get started. And I'm so thrilled that you're here with us today. Um, My guest today is the beautiful, wonderful Meredith Locker. Uh, She currently lives in Los Angeles and uh, has an amazing practice um, doing hypnotherapy, um, counseling. She'll tell us more about it because I don't know all the details. Um, But I'm so looking forward to today's conversation because we're talking about Having fun and playing and not having the necessity of growing up and just enjoying your life for this moment, whatever it is, whatever it may be, and uh, not looking to rules and regulations, just looking at what's fun. And Meredith knows this subject probably for sure, actually better than anybody I know. Uh, maybe Dane would like, maybe Doctor Dane would come on as equal, but these like she's just wild and fun, and I'm so excited. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Meredith. I'm
1: so excited. Oh, my gosh. Me <laughs> too. I am beyond excited about being on the show with you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. So um, I can't even remember remember the title of today's show. It's like just completely zoomed out of my mind. I don't have much of a mind left after VAR's class last night. Um, but it was yeah, like it was inviting play into life.
1: Um, so Have you forgotten you how to about? play?
0: Yeah, right. have you
1: forgotten how to play? I haven't forgotten yeah. how to play, but I forgot the title. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you remember how to play. we we'll let's help other people to remember how to play. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you asked me what I wanted to get into in the show, I, you know, this is the easiest thing. If I could change anything in the world, it would be this. It would be helping people to remember who they are and how to play and how to have fun, and that the purpose of life is actually to have fun. And how can you have fun if you're unwilling to play? (laughs) things. Yeah, so in my practice, I work with so many people in so many different walks of life who have come in to see me with so many different problems. And some people just come in to see me because they want to be better at horseback riding or they want to be a better athlete. Um, and others come because they want to lose weight or because they, they're depressed or they're using drugs or alcohol. It's, I, my practice is very diverse in what I work with. Um, I work with cancer. I work with all kinds of things. But what I find universally with everyone that comes in to see me is they have forgotten how to play. They've forgotten that life could be fun, let alone is supposed to be fun. Um, so what I do with every single client is help them to remember who they are the, the not definition version, but the, the global, the bigger, broader, more expanded version of who they really are as infinite beings and help them to find for themselves what play is, what fun is outside of the definition. Oh, that's amazing. So can you give
0: us a little bit of a background on who you are, who is Meredith? Like what's your, your history and your story and how did you come to have this practice and do work with Access Consciousness?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so funny because, you know, I live very much in the now and create for for the now and the future. And so these questions are always a little bit challenging for me. It feels like I have to like twist myself out backwards to go into the past. And I only mention that because I want people to understand like that is such a common question in this reality. And most people really want to know. And I'm absolutely going to share some pieces of it. And it isn't actually normal for me. And what if it's not normal for all of us to live from the past, to go into the past, to define ourselves based on the past, to judge people based on their past? Um, what if that is all kind of a construct or a creation that isn't exactly generative? Um, and the Very truth cool. is that you know a lot of what I do now is because of what I've done in the past, and, and it, I did follow a journey and it got me here. Um, but I wanted to kind of preface it with that. So, yeah, yeah no, that I've, I've awesome. lived, like, I've lived many lifetimes in this life. Um, you know, it's funny. It's like I when I – sometimes a memory will come up, it'll pop, and I'll go, what? That was this life? That's so weird. Um, <laughs> I've worked in many different industries. I've dabbled in so many things. I'm a seeker of magnitude. I always have been. Since a young age, I really just wanted to explore. And my capacities are applicable in so many different industries. And what I always knew was I wanted to make a difference. What I always knew was I wanted to do something that was fun. I could never just do a paperwork pushing job. I could never just do something where I just sat at a desk and it was same old, same old every day. So I got bored easily, I changed careers easily, changed industries quickly, and um, I love it because now all of that experience I use in my practice, every single piece of it, what some people might have seen as being flaky or flighty or not knowing what I wanted, actually created more for me now. Right. Um, yeah. So um, I was like, an an old person, infinite being from a very young age and was so much older than most people my age. And um, so while I I was good at school, I I also did a lot of things on the side and, um, you know, dabbled in all kinds of things very young. And I did some some modeling. I got into the world of of working out and um, did some training and, you know, got into all kinds of retail, marketing, um, was very interested in law at one point, um, had a very idealistic space of being from that, wanted to get into international law and change the world. And uh, now I'm changing the world in a different way. Um, so I started a lot of different programs. And at one point, I almost became a speech pathologist. Um, I do have a master's in psychology. I did go all the way with that um, hmm. and worked as a traditional therapist. Um, actually, through modeling and training and just being a woman and being in California, I got so much exposure to eating disorders. So I specialized in eating disorders for quite a while there and worked in residential treatment with predominantly adolescent teenagers uh, in eating disorder treatment until that got so old.
0: <laughs> Can I stop you there? I'd love to of hear course. a little bit more about that. Like, what, what did you find was the, like, was the driving factor between, behind those girls?
1: Well, you know, there's a, each case was different, and that was what was a little bit different with me versus other people who would kind of, you know, put everybody into one box. Yeah. Um, you know, but with each of them, I guess if I could generalize, it would be that they were rebelling in some way, shape, or form against um, the construct of their reality and their, what the, the what was happening with their parents. It was a way to take charge of their life, through their bodies, um, you know, for the most part, that they weren't finding other ways. So most of them were generally good people, good girls, good boys, who were wanting to be rebellious and um, were kind of rebelling against the limitations that their parents put into place. And the only thing they could control was what they ate and what they did with their bodies um, Mm -hmm. until that got to be wrong. And and then it landed them in in treatment. but on a global scale, I think that that journey is a lot about self-exploration, and I wonder how much of that was, you know, them giving themselves a chance to know more about who they really are than the average person does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a certain, I don't know, there's just an energy about that. Like, it's not a wrongness. It is sort of, like, it is, in a sense, it has the energy of, like, taking charge of of something, of your life, of you know, it's just, it's different. It's not mainstream. I don't know.
1: Yeah. What if it's just a choice? I mean, you know, if people would like to be eating very little or be very thin or eat a lot, even if they'd like to throw it up, you know, what if that is just a choice? And in fact, all the points of view that this world has about that and and even the person that's doing it has about it keeps them locked into it and doesn't free them from it. You know, if they were willing to be more in allowance of it and, We're willing to acknowledge what it is that that contributed to them, what it is that they love about that, then maybe they could make a different choice, um, even or keep doing it, but do maybe do something else that gives them that same thing that they were getting from it in a different way. So maybe they, you know, they go riding a horse, you know, at 40 miles an hour um, as their rebellion, rather than mutilating their body. Right. Um, or you know what? What's another way they can push the limits of this reality beyond hurting themselves? So even today, that's a lot of what I help my clients to sort out: is what is it that's underneath this? What are you really going for here? And what's another way that might work better for you, create more for you? Um, you know that you can get those needs met. Right. Huh, that's yeah. really
0: fascinating. Yeah, I just I had to hear about that because I had no idea that you'd done that that was a part of, you know, your experience. And, and it's just always been a really fascinating area to me. And I have lots of friends who have struggled with that. And even myself, like I, I never would, you know, went really far, but it just, it's just really fascinating to me. Well,
1: there's so much strangeness around having a body, right? Right. I mean, (laughs) we're these infinite beings and then we have this body and, this world has all these points of view about what that body is supposed to be like, how it's supposed to look, what's correct, what's right, what's wrong, um, all of that. And we have conflictual universes around it. So we have one idea that conflicts with a different idea. And, you know, it's, and then we're trying to fit in, but then we also want to be ourselves and be an individual. So there's another conflictual universe. And um, ultimately, I mean, it's so crazy all the nonsense around it that I'm surprised more people don't have mayhem around, um, you know, their bodies and what they eat and how they take care of it. And I know most people feel resentful of their body. I mean, people work for their body. They don't need money. An infinite being doesn't need money. A body needs money. A body needs a house. A body needs a car. A body needs clothing. A body needs food. A body needs lotions and (laughs) potions. You know, a body needs doctors. Like, the rest of us don't require any, and the infinite being part of us doesn't require any of that. So there can be this resentment to, like, what people tell us and and what is required and, you know, all of that. So it's it's a whole huge world, and I still love working in that world, Um, but for me as somebody who gets bored easily, you know, the world got to be too small for me and I wanted uh, more diversity and to create more. So not only that, but the, the traditional ways I was working in residential treatment and the traditional ways that residential treatment allows us to work with these clients um, is very limiting. So right. um, you know, insurance puts a lot of limitations on it and um, a traditional therapist is bound by all kinds of, of limits and, and supposed to's and should's. And I don't do very well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not a should kind of girl. No,
1: <laughs> not at oh, all. That's really interesting. So now I still get to work with these lovelies. I just get to work with them differently.
0: Right. Hmm. Oh, it's really fascinating. Yeah, I just had to steer you off. I, I really ne- wanted to hear about that, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So.
1: Yeah, very cool. I mean, I, I even went through a while where I was like, well, if the purpose of life is to have fun, why am I doing all these jobs that are like kind of hard? And, you know, I went through periods of time where I, I had to, to get over points of view about what's hard, what's challenging, because uh, something would be hard for an infinite being for what reason, right? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty potent, and there's not a whole lot that's actually hard for me. So that wasn't even my point of view. Right. Um, and so I got to the point where I realized, like, oh, you know, okay, it, <laughs> if I was truly being me, what would I choose? What would be fun for me? What would create more? Um, what would I like to create? And um, that's kind of been how I've been following along every step of the way, and I continue to do so. And um, so at a certain point, I um, I decided to get out of residential treatment, and um, you know, I actually followed a path into hypnosis, and that was kind of quite interesting. Um, I was really at a crossroads. I didn't know quite what to choose. I mean, I was almost ready to just, like, become a dog groomer. Like, I love being around animals so much. And, <laughs> I mean, I literally had, like, infinite possibilities and was willing to look at all of them. Like, I didn't go, no, you're too smart to be a dog groomer. You shouldn't be. I was like, no, that might be fun for me. I could have an amazing dog grooming business, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I still might someday. Um, And, you know, but I looked at all of these infinite possibilities, and I was like, huh, I wonder. And um, funny enough, I actually, my dad had just passed away, and that kind of woke me up a little bit more and made me realize, like, no, I I need to start creating more faster. And um, I actually connected with him through a medium, and I threw, I laid this list down, and I was like, dad, what do you get? And he was like, "Hypnosis you 're going to create more with hypnosis than any other thing, and that felt so light to me at the time before I even was doing um, access. I followed my light and heavy and um, so I, I was like, "Okay, here's three classes. which one would create the most And he uh, you know pointed me to the one that was starting in two weeks that was the one I was a little against because it had all this markety stuff that i didn 't like. And, uh, but I went ahead, I went with that, it felt like too, and, and I got, behind, got around my points of view around marketing stuff and um, went with it. And my, my mentor is amazing, and I, he does five paths, which is a different kind of hypnosis. It's much more um, complicated and in-depth and harder to do, but um, I love it. And did an internship with him, started a practice in LA, and I've been doing that amongst other things ever since. Um, and I can wow. say more about my practice. And but do you have any questions specific about that? Or you no,
0: that's just I it's just a really neat story because it's so different <laughs> here. Like it's just you know for uh, like I'm a rural farm girl from Canada, so I just it's really interesting to hear the stories of you know growing up in California and, and the just the the different the different lifestyle. It's fun, and especially yeah, I mean, from you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing, I've rarely lived with limitation, and I'm clearing it more and more all along, um, you know, and, you know, the, it, when you live in a place like L.A., it really is an infinite space of possibility, because there's just, I mean, I could have done so many different things, so many different alternative things that um, people will come and, and do. I mean, I could make a lot of money being a sound healer here, you know, who knew, Um you know, that just wasn't the thing I went for. So, um, you know, so the hypnosis, there was something there that really spoke to me and something where I knew I could get beyond people's points of view. I could get beyond the limitations and help them to get past their limiting points of view. And that's the predominance of what I do with that. So we do all kinds of different methods, different. Um, each session is different, and, and all kinds of different journeying kinds of things to get to the bottom of what's creating their issue and then change it there uh, and help them to, on their own, find out what they'd like, who they are actually beyond the points of view, um, and what it is that they'd like to create, and how to create it um, from a space of question and not from conclusion. So all of that in hypnosis, which is really, really fun, which just anybody who's listening who's curious, you know, hypnosis is actually a naturally occurring state of mind. It's one that we're in on a daily basis. You're in hypnosis when you wake up in the morning and when you go to sleep at night, there's a twilight state that happens like just as you're waking up and just as you're going to sleep, which is a good reason not really? to be running all the time. Yeah, people who sleep with TV are are letting the TV be their hypnotherapist. They're just letting all that blah, blah enter their minds. Um, yeah, so, and, you know, when you're getting ready, you know, whenever you take a shower, that whole ritual that you go through, you're kind of in a state of hypnosis. You go into a zone. You know, it's the zone that athletes talk about going into. Um, you know, it's, it's that space that you're in when you drive a drive that you drive all the time. Um, you kind of go on autopilot a little bit and, um, You're still awake. You're definitely awake. Hypnosis is not sleep and it's not mind control. You are awake and you're moving and you're operating your body. You're in control um, and you're just in a slightly different space. So it feels very normal to people. It doesn't feel strange. They don't leave their bodies. They don't leave their consciousness. Um, They're present and they actually talk in the hypnosis. We have full conversations with them being in hypnosis. Hmm. That's
0: fascinating.
1: Yeah. So then, because I'm the person I am, and I don't just sit around and and conclude that, well, I've got the best thing now, I'm constantly seeking more and something that's that's faster, that creates change faster, both for me and for my clients. And I had this awareness that there was something else. There was something that could create change much more rapidly for my clients than even what I was doing. And um, I hadn't found access yet, and I just was, so aware that it was like, there's some people that are more my people than anyone I've ever met so far, and <laughs> there's some people doing some things that work faster than anything I've found so far, and um, one day I was listening to a tele-summit and heard Dane, and it just was that matching of the energy thing happened, yeah. and um, I instantaneously knew, I was like, this, this is what I'm talking about, this clearing statement, these questions, Um, the way he's asking the questions, the specific questions he's asking, you know, and he talked about the bars and some of the body processes. And I'm like, this is what I was aware was possible. Yeah. And, uh,
0: exactly. it's so funny. I, those telesummits, it's like, there's just this thing. It's like you, it's just so neat. It's like coming home when you hear, like, for me, it was the exact same thing. It was just, it's such a neat thing.
1: Exactly. So yeah, I just I knew and um you know, bought his package, listened to that about a million times repeatedly and then <laughs> um woke up one day and I went, Oh my gosh, I have to take all the classes <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I, I signed up for a five days change and um which is Bars Foundation level one and just very quickly started moving through classes, I'm, I'm generally pretty good at creating. So luckily, I, I was good at creating the money to do all of that and the space in my schedule to do all of that. I even revamped my practice so that I could do more sessions via Skype, so that I could compact my sessions into less days so that I could travel more, um, you know, being in, se- in question totally about, okay, so how can I change my practice to um, make all of this work for me? Right. and uh huh. yeah, and I'm still adapting it all the while um so anyway that that's that's my story
0: cool, oh, thank you for sharing that i I just find it really fascinating um so so now I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, on the on the I'll just give a little bit of a story on the bus ride up to the seven day in Costa Rica last month, uh Meredith sat beside me on the bus ride up and she read aloud the, the new book that Gary uh has just put out called The Salon de Femmes. And uh it was a it was it's a powerful book. I have it sitting here next to me. I haven't got too far into it, but I know Meredith has. And uh I think that there's a lot to do with, you know, remembering how to play and and choosing to play and enjoying your life and not having a point of view and that book's actually in a sense it's a guide um so I just would love to get like your perspective on it Marilyn and or Meredith Marilyn Meredith and um and like I don't know like what was that book for you and what clearings do you like from it and and what's your take on it
1: yeah I I agree this book is a guide I mean it is such a powerhouse book and for me, it gets into to play and creativity and creating your life uh, from a space of potency. So, you know, first of all, all the points of view that anyone have around play, can we destroy and create all of those? Yes. Sometimes The godzillion right and wrong, good and bad, and talk all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. How often do people see play as being from a space of weakness or limitation or um, lack of potency? And this book gets into the play of being a woman, of being in a relationship, of creating a future from a space of being a warrior, from a space of potency, from a space of infiniteness and possibility. And, um, you know, I love that because play is powerful. It is not child's play in the way that most people call it. They go, oh, that's child's play. You know, (laughs) right? Child's play isn't serious. Child's play isn't potent. Child's play can't create more. And it's like, oh, actually, it can. It can. It can create. Yeah. It can create more. I mean, someone who's not being limited by parents who say no can create more from being in child's play and still be a warrior and still create empires.
0: Yep. That's so true.
1: Yeah, but, so I mean, my this,
0: this ahead place ahead. where we're, this place where we're just, actually, you know, I gotta say, my mom and dad are some of the coolest people in the world. And I was never told I was wrong or monitored. Um, You know, there was kind of a, an energy of, you know, get, you know, get serious and get a good career. But it was like, it, it was cool. I never had that beaten out of me. That's something I'm really grateful for. But um, it is such a thing that we're, that we're, that we're taught that we have to get serious. But I just think that the most like miracles are created out of play. It's our natural state of being. It's who we are.
1: Exactly. And my parents didn't with me either, but what they did do was they did it for themselves. So, um, you know, my mom was in education and I was a teacher and then became a principal, um, and so she naturally played a little bit more in the world of play because you know, she was with children and around children and in the space of creativity. Um, but you know, my, my, both of my dads were in much more of a, a, a serious space. I, I need to be a grown-up. I need to be the mature one. I need to take care of business. I need to be responsible. And in their world, all of these things were, were exclusive from play. And it's so not true in my world. I play with everything I do even when I'm doing, I say in quotes, being responsible, even when I'm paying my taxes, or I'm, I'm, even if I'm doing my own taxes in the moment I don't anymore. But I used to make doing my taxes so much fun. Uh, I created this whole fun day around it. And um, you know, how can we have it all, be it all, do it all, and still play through it all? Um, and my parents, my, my mom's taught me how to play in one way, and my dad's taught me in some ways how not to play. And, and then in other ways, how to play, and helped me to define that for myself. And um, for me, I don't like definitions very much because they're a limitation. Um, so my definition is what I mean by that is a fluid, loose, always becoming more definition. But for me, it's like who am I today, and what will I create today? Who am I today, and how will I play today? Who am I today, and what is there to play with today? Um, and that may mean returning phone calls of clients, potential clients that are calling me, and that. How can I have more fun with that? And um, that is fun for me. And it is playful for me. It doesn't have to be this heavy thing. Even if they have cancer, even if they're depressed and ready to blow their brains out, how can I be the energy of play through all of it? Wow. That
0: is a really cool question to live by. Yeah. How can I be the energy of play in all
1: of it? in all of it. And how often are people making certain things good and certain things bad, certain things fun and certain things not fun? And, you know, sure, there are some things. I mean, maybe going to the dentist isn't most people's favorite thing. And um, you know, so what would it take to find a dentist's office that is more fun? <laughs> and where they are more fun, that it's more fun, maybe they even use more modern or or certain techniques that make it faster the parts that you don't like faster, Um, you know, what are the infinite possibilities for fun in even the most challenging of things? Mm. Um, You know, I find my cancer clients, I mean, stage four cancer is typically considered the least fun thing or one of the least fun things. They actually can have a whole lot of fun even in that space. And even like when my dad died, he, he died of brain cancer very quickly and you know, planning his his celebration of life or his memorial service or his funeral, whatever you want to call it. Um, I did that from a space of fun. I was like, what would be fun for me? What would be fun and honoring for my dad? Where can I have this where it can be fun? And here's the thing where most people are like, it can't be fun. You can't make this fun. Forget it. Well, everyone at his service and at the party afterwards said, this is the most fun funeral I've ever been to. And your dad (laughs) was like totally, because my dad was serious with business, but he was very fun Uh, personally like he had his segmented fun off from the rest of his life but he had this space of being a jokester and a trickster and he loved dressing up as women for Halloween and for parties like that he he thought it was so funny (laughs) really bad women with really bad makeup with really bad (laughs) it was was hilarious and um you know he was fun and he loved the arts. so I rented out this playhouse that he contributed to and went to for years Used there smaller stage and it was magical and it was all decorated for Christmas and had stars hanging from the ceiling and um, it was one of the most beautiful settings that you could find for something like this and we laughed through that service and told stories that were fun and then we had a massive party with wonderful food and wonderful drinks and everybody really enjoyed themselves and who wouldn't want that for their service you know how come even death can't be fun
0: wow wow That's a really, really cool explanation.
1: Yeah. So is there anything that actually you can't put infused fun into or find the fun in? You know, like a lot of people hate road trips. I love road trips. I'm like, cool. What can we listen to? What can we play? What music can we, you know, play? What can we sing? What stops can we make? Like if I'm bored being in the car, let's pull over for 20 minutes. Let's for a half hour, an hour or more, and explore this funny little town Um, You know, what can we do to make every single thing fun? Um, So in Salon de Femme, you know, he really gets into um, creation and how nothing's separate and everything impacts everything else. And, um, you know, and so when I look at it, I'm like, am I going to create more on the planet by being responsible and by doing everything the way everyone else tells me to do and being dour and unhappy? Or am I going to create more on the planet by... You know, like joyfully planning a funeral service, my joyfully enjoying every step along the way, and molding it all in a way that works for me to the best of my ability, and finding the fun and the things I can't change. Right. Um, what creates more? The laughter or the depression? The laughter?: Yeah. I mean, that creates more for everything on the planet, not just me. It has this ripple effect through the cosmos, through everything, um, that not only affects things now, but creates more for the future. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Wow. And he gets into, like, identifying your target. I mean starting to look at what's my target here on planet earth and not out of significance, not out of like, Oh, I have, you know, my soul's plan is all of this, but from a place of like, if I were truly being me and truly creating my life on purpose and truly creating my life from fun, what would I choose now?
0: What totally. What would be the big
1: choice, you know? Um,
0: I'm, I'm really excited about the patterns of, of harmony and patterns of disharmony coming up in Access Consciousness because I, I think it is the fundamental lacing and threading
1: underneath everything that you're saying. Yeah, I mean, we're not separate from anything. There is no separation. No. It's a lie. I mean, there is no place where I end and you begin we are bathing in the soup of each other. And (laughs) everyone that listens to this is bathing in the soup of each of us. And we're all bathing in the soup of those people we know and those people we don't know of every molecule in the planet. And so how can, in that circumstance, we create more harmony and, you know, uncreate and destroy the patterns of disharmony, uh, the unharmonious patterns with total ease? Hmm. can we pod talk that anything doesn't allow that can <laughs> we destroy and uncreate it sounds a gazillion right and wrong yeah. good and bad, pod and talk all nine shorts boys and beyonds now what will it take to create more harmony what can me and my body be today that will create more harmony on the planet from the kingdom of we with total ease anything that doesn't allow that will you destroy and uncreate yes. it right and wrong good and bad pod and talk all nine shorts boys and beyonds wow. yeah yummy. <laughs> oh, that sends out ripples in every direction. Doesn't it? Wow. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And huh. so what are we unwilling to be? What are we unwilling to be? That if we were willing to be it, we create that harmony with ease. And everything that is, times of God's own, we're just trying to uncreate it. Yes, yeah. Right and wrong, good and bad, time for all nine, short poison and beyonds. Yeah, you know, all the spaces where unwilling to be the fun unwilling to be childlike unwilling to be seductress unwilling to be a vixen unwilling to be a hedonist unwilling to be a wild person unwilling to be crazy you know, that stops us from actually mm-hmm. being all that we are and from being the contribution to harmony that we can truly be yeah whew he popped and pod that too <laughs> And everything that brought up, we just it? <laughs> yes, time for Godzillion, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, online nine, boys and beyond. And what I'm not talking about is anything that takes you out of choice. So what I'm not saying is that anyone needs to be like me or you um, or anything in particular. No one has to be a slut. No one has to be a hedonist, whatever that is, um, you know, to create more, to operate from kingdom of root, we or to be in harmony. It's just where you refuse to be it, and take yourself out of choice, that it creates less. Right. So anything we do to take ourselves out of choice. So, you know, like, I am just a wild woman, and the truth is I actually choose to copulate with very few people. Yeah. You know, I choose to do relationship very differently than most people do it. I choose to do business very differently than most people do it. Um, You know, I, I... I do so many things very differently. I really choose for me and create everything for me um for what works for me, what works for my business, what works for really the future that I'd like to create.
0: You know, I I have to ask like a lot of what you're describing, none of it really comes from your mind. You know, it's not your brain or your thoughts. It's it's you as a being like calling the shots of what will be and will not be in your life and what you would like to have and create and, and be in the world. And I noticed that the place, that I get tripped up sometimes is I'll, I'll think about it. Like I'll think about what I'm doing or I'll think about it being too much or like it's these, these thoughts start to categorize everything. And I've actually become awesome at just saying, nah, I'm not gonna think and just going on and creating. But what does that look like for you of just, meh nah, you know, and just, and choosing to be you. Like, does that, does that stuff even come up for you? Or like, do you have a method of changing it? Like, where, where does that all fall in for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, thinking is really stinking, which goes so far against <laughs> the way most people think they have to do it, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really, it, it, obviously there is, there is, it's, it's so interesting because I don't think from singularity, like I don't think from my brain. I think from almost like the brain of the kingdom of we. It <laughs>
0: doesn't <laughs> That's a new coin. I'm coining that term. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's that space of consciousness. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know, I, I'm an intelligent woman who functions well, and I'm, I'm quite successful in the world, and I create, I create a lot, and I still have yet to create a whole lot more that I'd like to create. Um, and most people would think, oh, gosh, you know, look at that smart lady and all she can create, but it's, it is beyond brains. It's really being in question and allowing the contribution of, um, of consciousness to me. And that's not separate from me. I'm included in that. So there is me in the equation and so much more. So it allows me to include the stuff my brain does not know, the right. global stuff, you know, and create for the future, including the information I do not yet have. And that's that space of awareness and not from thinking, um, not from conclusion, not from, from what has happened in the past, right. um, but awareness and, and guess, of what's required for the future. Right. And
0: the universe just shows you what that is by, by bringing it to you. Like you, you know, you all, you work together with it and it, it fills in the, the gaps and the pieces. So everything comes together. Exactly.
1: I am a smart lady. And I don't know everything. I don't know the twists and turns that are going to come along the way. I don't always know the people or have a way to figure out how to find the people um, logically that will contribute to the creation you know, that I'm, I'm creating. So I am perfectly willing to receive from the universe and I'm perfectly willing to acknowledge I don't know it all and I, I really don't even want to do it all myself. I'd like to create from oneness, from kingdom of we. I'd like to actually do it the easy and fun way. <laughs> yeah. That includes me. I'm, I'm absolutely doing the work. I'm taking the steps and I do a lot of doing. There's a lot of doing in my life and in my world and I have learned that I really like to do. I like to to produce and Um, I'm kind of a racehorse, and that way I like to work hard and long, and I'll sometimes work on a concept until 3 or 4 a.m., just exuberantly excited about what I'm creating. Um, So there's very much a lot of me in the equation, and there's a whole lot in the equation that's not me. It's it's not what I've already been through, not what I already know, not who I already know. Um, That it's a contribution from the molecules of the universe. I mean, I let my business, contribute to my creation. I let my dogs contribute to my creation. <laughs> my horse, my friends, my, the universe in general contribute to everything that I create. And that's so much more fun, so much more playful, and so much easier than me trying to do it all on my own. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Huh.
0: So, for somebody who maybe was just getting into the idea of play, you know, what kind of clearing statement, advice, questions, tips would you give them?
1: Yeah, lots. So first of all, all the definitions that you have about you, about play, about fun, and about your purpose of life. <laughs> this is a big one. <laughs> would you be willing to destroy and uncreate all of those? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Times a godzillion, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Um, If you were willing to be actually out of definition, out of linearity, out of concentricity, out of form, structure, significance, out of all those things, how much more play, how much more fun, how many more possibilities would there be? So one of my favorite, favorite all-time clearings is what energy, space, and consciousness can I be? to be out of control, out of definition, out of limitation, out of form, structure, and significance, out of linearity, and out of concentricities, now and for all eternity. And everything that doesn't allow that, will you destroy and uncreate it? Yes. Times a godzillion, right and wrong, good and bad, pod and pock, online, shorts, boys and beyonds. So all those spaces where you are trying to control yourself, control your life, control your work, control your income, control your outcome, control you know, the outcomes that you know, you'd like to create, um, how much does that limit your play, <laughs> your fun, your creation? Um, all the definitions you have, all the limitations you have, all the form, structure, and significance. How much have we made life significant? How much have we made business significant? How much have we made earning money significant? How much have we made the day to day what you know you, what you're supposed to do this this big significance um, you know it, and so getting out of the significance of it all and being in that space of how can I play with my taxes? <laughs> how can I play with creating money? You know, how can I actually have fun with all of it? So that's just my favorite all-time clearing for sure. Um, and you can even add, you know, what are the infinite possibilities for being out of control, out of definition, out of limitation, out of form, structure, significance, out of linearity, and out of concentricities with being fun? And everything bad is times a godzillion weeks. Oh, that's fun. Off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right and wrong, good and bad, pot and talk, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Yeah. That so, really um, cool. you know, and how often do we function from because? I'm doing this because. You know, I have to do this because. That takes us out of the play and the fun and the choice. So I love clearings around because. So everything you've done to make because your favorite word and justification system, and all of the justification systems you have to make that a reality, will you destroy and uncreate it all? Totally. (laughs) Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Love that. And um, all of the places where you've blinded yourself to seeing the possibilities of fun, will you destroy and uncreate all of that? Yes. Right now wrong, good and bad, pun, talk all nine shorts, boys and beyond, um, and then really like for me, being in play and being in fun is part of the phenomenons of me. So I also love bringing in phenomenons squaring. So what phenomenons can I be, do, have, create, and generate that would create a totally different possibility than anybody else could do, be, have, create, and generate? Ooh, and everything that is, that is by a godzillion. Big yawn, <laughs> yes. right destroy and uncreate it all, right and wrong, good and bad, pod and paca on. I and will, short, Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> what have you decided you are or are not that's limiting your capacity to play? Wow. And everything that is, time for God's will you destroy and uncreate it all? Yeah, baby. Right and wrong, good and bad, pod and paca on, mine, shorts, short, and beyond. And really, like, everything you've done to not be as different as you truly be, well oh, you just that is great awesome. all that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right and wrong yes. talk all that beyond. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm freaking different. You're different. We're very yes. different in this world. And um, you know, even when you play, how much more fun is it to play with people who are different? It is. Yeah. It is I mean, are, do you I enjoy always, the like, people that you're friends because they're, they're the same as everyone else or because they're different? No, it's because they're bizarrely different. Yeah. But how much are most people trying to be like everyone else, do things like everyone else, create the way everyone else is creating, define themselves the way everyone else says they should define themselves? Totally. You know? Yeah. Totally. Oh, that so
0: is then, so course, fun. I love these. It's Keep
1: going. So fun. <laughs> I know. Well, I have one more I want to bring from the book. That's like one of my very favorite ones from Salon de Femme. Awesome. Um, and awesome. oh, my gosh, I love this clearing. So <laughs> for those of you who don't know stupidity clearings, stupidity means unawareness, not that you're dumb. So although being unaware makes you dumb, but that's, we're not calling you dumb or stupid. So this clearing is what stupidity are you using to create the invention artificial intensity, and the demons of never being the hedonist, seductress, and voluptuary you truly be are you choosing? And everything that is times the godzillion are you willing to destroy and uncreate it all? Yeah, baby. Let's Woo! do Right and wrong, and bad, one talk all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond. So a voluptuary is someone who enjoys the best of life. Wow, right? And a hedonist likes the pleasure of life is willing to enjoy the pleasure of life. But how many people resist the word hedonist or hedonism as being something really bad or wrong or dangerous? Yeah. Yeah. A crazy (laughs) Yeah, a seductress is one that's willing to Play with life to seduce, to flirt, to you know bring things in. So with regard to a man, you know to bring the the man in and get him interested, or to bring the the woman in if you'd like to and, and get them interested. Um, but isn't that also the same as being in the energy of invitation? Cool.
0: It so is. This is so fun. I know. And those things are like like God, like what those words are inviting us to, like truly when when I actually think about what that is an invitation to, like hedonist, seductress, and voluptuary, like the energy of that is just it's this yummy, living rolling around in the grass, like just enjoying every. Sense and sound and everything. It's just amazing. It's just, ah!
1: Yeah, it's at that space of being outside of judgment, that space of being alive and free and, you know, in the moment. And you're right, like tasting and smelling and just really indulging in the deliciousness of this world. Yeah. Before I started doing
0: Access, um... Like, I always felt like there was a glass wall between me and that world. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and now I just feel like it is me, it's not access, but it, I have access to that world now and I can jump in and dive into the deep end of the pool and swim around. And whereas before I felt like there was like a glass box over the
1: pool. Well, yeah, and, and there really is, for most of us, how many lifetimes have we lived where we were actually, in order to survive, we could not be the hedonist. We could not be as wild, as fun-loving, as playful as we truly be. Um, you know, we've lived in many, many lifetimes where you know, we would have died if we were separated from our, our clan, our family. You know, we required them for money. We couldn't make our own money. And, you know, if we were as wild as we are now, we would have been ousted. But we don't live in those times now. We don't actually require our family any longer to um, make a living and to create a life. But how much are we still limited by the things of the past that we're not even aware of consciously? Um, And that's the thing that access does is it gives us the clearings, the body processes, the tools, to be able to, you know, get rid of that glass wall, the boxes, the points of view that we created in a time when it worked for us, that we chose in a time when it worked for us, that no longer works for us now, but we can have yeah. something different. Yeah, totally. That is really neat
0: to think about it in that perspective. Like, um, the, the lives in which you and I were born are just, there is n- really no social confinement or definement but what we give it. And I mean, there are social parameters, but yeah. we are able to break them. Yeah. That's, that's really neat. And like, if we were in, you know, the caste system of India, even like it would be a very different ball game than where we positioned ourselves this life.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we need to be aware of that. Cause if, if I'm going to create a business, that's going to include people in India there's going to be some things that I'm probably going to play with differently than yep. if I'm creating it with people here. Um, yep. And so we don't want to conclude fun and play and hedonism in a way that limits our creations. That doesn't create more. It's really always being aware of what we can choose that will create the most for us in our future and the world that we'd like to create in our reality. Um, you know, and including all that information. That's that stuff that I was talking about, about including all the information. So there's, when I work with certain people in Asia, there's information I don't naturally have so much in my brain because I wasn't raised in that culture. Um, and if I'm in question, choice, possibility, if I'm in, in, in the question and tapping into the information that's outside of me um, to contribute to me, then I can be aware of what not to say, what not to do, how to play in a way that they won't reject and that will right. create more overall. Right, right. Yeah.
0: It is, it is really a matter of, of being on your toes and not just saying, okay, well, this worked this time, so it's going to work again. It's, it is. It's consciousness. It's, it's awareness. It's okay, so what is going to work in this situation?
1: Yeah, living in yeah, 10 seconds. seconds. I mean, even in our classes, like, there are times when I have so much energy running through my body where I feel like I could bounce off the walls. And that's not going to create more in a class for me to be, like, jumping around and screaming like a, a five-year-old, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that generally doesn't create more. So how do I need to broadband my energy and, and spread it out? What energy, space and consciousness can me in my body be to be in harmony with my surroundings and my circumstances right now with total ease. Anything that doesn't That's allow cool. that, I destroy and uncreate it. Yeah, time to yeah for pause. sure. And that, and pop on my shirt be honest. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and sometimes I am too much for circumstances. I mean, I can't help but be too much sometimes. It's kind of a part of me. Like, I'm, I'm too much <laughs> for this world in many circumstances, and I'm aware of that, um, and I'm willing to be it. And then there's also times when me being all of the too muchness of is me is, is too much for the circumstance. So <laughs> what do I need to be or do different in this circumstance to create what I'd like to create? Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> this is so cool.
1: <laughs> it oh. is
0: Cool. It is, though. It's so that willingness to just look at what is
1: going to create the greatest result. Yeah, and, and we can do it from a space of duty and significance and seriousness, or we can really do it from a place of like, okay, what would be fun for me today? You know, in all that I'd like to create, where do I start? What choices do I make? What steps do I take? Um, what energies do I be that will actually create all of that with total ease while having fun, you know? And how can I make this more fun for me? And um, that's the thing. Like, even when I get ready in the morning, I'm like, body, what lotion would be fun to have on? What, what clothing would be fun to wear? What jewelry would be fun to wear? Um you know, it's, it's really a matter of the decadence of life. And, you know, if I'm bored with my clothes, then maybe I need to do a shopping trip and, um, you know, get something else that's more fun for me to wear. What mug do I want to drink out of? Like I'm so excited about this really fun mug I just bought that has this like reindeer and it's got this to it, <laughs> and I love drinking my tea and my coffee out of it. And it's a simple thing. It's such a silly little thing, but it's adorable and it looks a little bit like one of my dogs. It looks kind of like a deer. And it makes me, like, joyful to look at it and to feel it in my hand. And, you know, it's a simple, silly thing that's so fun for me, you know. Totally. How how do we just get formulaic in our life and take out the the simplicity of play in every circumstance? And how totally. can we do something different? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my Christmas decorations
0: for me. I had my decorations yeah. up two weeks ago. I love like, I love just that. It's like, oh, like Christmas carols and eggnog and candy canes. That is that is the joy of living for me. <laughs>
1: it is. And you know, if that's not fun for you, like do you have to do it? You know, there's been some years where it wasn't fun for me to decorate for Christmas. It was more right. fun for me to like you know, rearrange my furniture that year with that time and um, then go and enjoy Christmas decorations out in the world. And then there's other times where I want to, like, go to town. And then sometimes when I want to put up one little decoration and that's, like, it for me. So, you know, how can we be totally out of definition and out of the conclusion and be in the, like, what would be fun for me this year to do for the holidays? I mean, the holidays, of all things. How many conclusions do we have about the holidays? Oh, Um,
0: and the expectations make me
1: nauseous. It's awful. And, um, you know, my parents luckily have let me help to create the holidays. And so my mom literally asked me, like, what would be fun for you now? She, I've, <laughs> I've uh, helped her to understand how it works for me to have fun. And it's, it works for me to have her ask me what would be fun for you and include what would be fun for me in the, the planning. Um, you know, and I'll tell her, you know, who, to, who I'd like to include or not. And um, sometimes it's fun for me to have a really quiet, just – you know, a small gathering, and sometimes it's fun to invite a ton of people. And, um, you know, it, it, sometimes it's fun to go out somewhere or travel for the holidays, and sometimes it's fun to stay home. So, you know, how much do we let traditions limit us from actually having fun in the moment? Oh, gosh, totally. That <laughs> <laughs> is. <a little> <laughs> yeah. Why, just just and it, of tradition. Tradition. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right, wrong, good and bad, button talk, all nine shirts, boys and beyond. I keep joking with my parents about like having um, Thai food for Thanksgiving, and they aren't willing to go quite that far. Um, they still want something <laughs> more traditional. Um, but I play with the idea, and funny enough, my mom, you know, will include different things every year that she knows keeps it more fun for me. So I'm not bored right. with the same mashed potatoes, turkey stuffing nonsense, right? Um, you know, so she'll find these new recipes, or she'll even say, if you want to find a new recipe, I'll even make it. Um, and so, yeah, how can you make everything your playground? Wow. Well, you know, that
0: is awesome. Yeah. How, how can you make everything your playground? I'm putting that on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new Facebook status. <laughs>
1: oh, cool. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't care if I'm, I'm delayed on a flight or if I'm having my pelvic exam at the gynecologist. <laughs> like, I'm going to crack jokes and, you know, I'm going to find a way to have fun with all of it. How can even the gynecological exam be a playground? <laughs> Wow, that is so cool. Oh,
0: Meredith, yeah. you make me so happy.
1: Oh, you make me happy too. It's so fun to find playmates. And that's another thing. Like, how many people are limiting their fun by, by keeping themselves to the playmates that are not really fun uh, in their life? Like, how many more play, playmates are available to you that if you would simply ask and simply be willing to follow your awareness that you could create and attract to you with total ease. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Well, I'm always we're always finding new playmates.
0: <laughs> you are. Like you. And, and 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 a lot of your Yeah, yeah like me. Oh man, do we ever have fun? It's ridiculous. Okay. And and also a lot of your playmates are animals too, which is really cool.
1: Oh yeah. They know how to play. They know how to have yes. fun. Yes. I can yeah. just
0: imagine you hanging out alone with your puppies and your horses just in bliss. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah, I have no limits. Like I you know, I'm a forty five year old woman and I'm tall and I get down on the floor. I, right now I have little dogs, although I've had big dogs, but I right now I have little dogs and I get down on the floor with them and rough house and play and you know, we <laughs> run circles around the house and I play with them like a little kid, and it's they love it, I love it. They climb all over me; I'm their jungle gym. I mean, it's so fun. Totally, you know. Oh, that's yeah. So cool. and even with a horse, like how often do people get so significant and serious with that? And you know, horses love to play. So even if I've been training and I've been doing serious stuff, it's like okay, now I'm gonna run around the corral with them. I'm gonna play with them and giggle with them and allow them to have that fun time with me that's, that's beyond the domination of I'm the alpha and you're going to submit, you know? Right. Oh,
0: gosh. I sort of forgot that that could be a point of view with an animal. But, yeah, I guess that would, that would be pretty standard for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, um, anyways, we're pretty much at the end of our hour here. Um, I would love to, if you could let people know where they can find you and what classes you have coming up, if you have anything coming or any classes you're working on with other people, um, just a little shout out would be awesome.
1: Yeah, so uh, yourpathhypnosis.com is my website right now, and uh, or Your Path Coach uh, it works as well. And um, I actually don't have a lot of classes that I am facilitating myself. I'm helping other people to create classes, which is really fun too for me. Uh, very Kingdom of We. I am going to do um, a Stop Shooting on Yourself class uh, with Georgia Watson, Coming up in December, we actually haven't put all of that together yet, but we're looking at around December 23rd, something like that. But you're welcome to email me and access Meredith, M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H, at gmail.com is an easy email for you to email me at. And I'm creating a body challenge with Blossom Benedict that starts January 1st, and that's BlossomBenedict.com forward slash body challenge. So many fun things, so many fun spaces to play in. Let's play. Yay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much
0: for being on the show. Thank you yeah, so much for, for just, just letting, letting the world know what's
1: possible. And what else is possible? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: awesome. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That was great. And mm-hmm. uh, next week on the show, I'm very, very um, excited about next week's show because Juna um, Guter, I don't know how to say her last name. Gunther, Judah, Anyways, Juna. I think it's our Gunther. Lovely- Gunther. Um, and uh, Juna is going to talk about coming out of the closet. Uh, she came out of the closet uh, later on in life. And so we're going to have a conversation about that. And I'm really looking forward to hearing the ins and outs of that. So um, until next Wednesday, everyone, have a great week. Hopefully uh, you uh, can take some of the tools and tips that Meredith talked about and, you know, start rolling around on the floor with your puppies or cooking something you haven't cooked or being the hedonist that you truly are. So awesome. Thank you so much, Meredith. Thank you. Bye-bye.